It's time for the Crunch Time Plays podcast, where we talk all things sports from the collegiate level all the way up to the pros. And now, here's your host, Bennett Ganey. What's up, y'all? Liv Moose here. Hey, what's up? This is Danny Wexelman. Hey, everyone. I'm Steffi Smalls. What's up, everyone? It's Ben Lindsay. This is Andrea Carter. Hey there, it's Brooks Austin. And you are watching and listening to Crunch Time Plays. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Crunch Time Plays today. Whether you're watching us on YouTube, listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, thank you so much. Make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you're watching and listening today. But it's time for the NCAA baseball tournament. Just had the bracket release. We're talking to all things SEC baseball in the tournament today with the Patreon Nation's Tara Talmadge. You've seen her on the show before, and you also see her every time we uh, we come on because she's in the intro video. So, Tara, what's going on? Welcome back to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me back. It, it's been an exciting couple of days, you know, with Arkansas playing in the SEC tournament, and, and now we're just looking forward to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, there's no doubt about that, and it's definitely a pleasure to have you back on again. And so we just we just had the the bracket released. Were there any surprises? Uh, do you think? I know a couple things that that I kind of took note of was I was kind of surprised that that Notre Dame wasn't a, a top eight national seed, given that the ACC had eight teams in and they won that league by you know three and a half games. And then we kind of talked about it in the the pre-show, the difference between Georgia and Alabama. Georgia did not did not make the field. Personally, I thought Georgia was was better than Alabama, but Alabama, you know, did just enough uh, in Hoover there with wins over South Carolina and Tennessee. But were there any other surprises uh, that you had? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you pretty much said it right there. That that's that was the biggest surprise for me that Georgia didn't get in. I, I think that they had shown throughout the season a little bit, especially later in the season and and, and Hoover, they kind of had a play in game situation. And I don't, I don't necessarily think that Alabama is a better team than Georgia. So that's unfortunate for them. I also think that Tennessee kind of, they they did not have a good draw. I I don't know how that happened. I don't think that like there should be a reward for being seated that high and it should be that you get an easier regional. And that was not the case. They're not set up in a great way, but they are a very good team. And so you never know what can happen. Yeah. I mean, I, and I had, I had that written down as well. And then we talked about it earlier was, was, you know, the Tennessee number three overall seed, you would think they would get a little bit easier draw, especially when you look at, you know, Arkansas has a, has a really nice draw, but that that's what you get for being the number one overall seed that you deserve uh, throughout the season. But Tennessee, you know, right, right state could easily, they were a four seed, but they could easily be a two seed or a three. And then you got Duke that that's pretty much the hot, one of the hottest teams in the ACC just won the ACC tournament. And then another, well, another right, host hosting surprise that I have is Mississippi state got a little bit easier path. Mm-hmm. Than old than old Miss, you know Mississippi State was was the number seven national seed, but but old Miss got a got a really tough draw with, with Southern Miss. But man, I, I'd want to be in Oxford this weekend for that <laughs> one. I think that's going to be a pretty uh, raucous atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it, it's definitely going to be. And you know, it's funny because leading up to the obvious bracket announcement there's always the projections about where everyone's going to end up and at one point several different probably two different projections that I looked at had Arkansas hosting Oklahoma State and I was like absolutely not 
do not do that. That will never happen. That is not okay <laughs> because that like Oklahoma state doesn't want to play Arkansas first off. Like it's not good for either team, honestly. Um, but yeah, that obviously didn't end up, end up happening. So it worked out, but it's crazy that there's so many sec teams in the tournament. And honestly, we were talking about it a little bit earlier. You could have, you know, five, six, maybe, yeah, I'd probably wouldn't go any higher than that. But let's let's say five SEC teams playing in the College World Series this year. It's wild. Yeah, and it's it's amazing. I just think it speaks to the to just the long term commitment that the SEC's had in baseball. I know we'll we'll get to that a little bit in a little bit. But in terms of in terms of viewing, there's going to be you know a lot of regionals going on this weekend. Mm-hmm. But if you if you were to encourage you know fans out outside of you know Arkansas outside of the obvious ones Arkansas you know Texas top top couple seeds who are who are a couple of the regionals that that you're having your eyes on I know for me I'm excited to watch the one in Oxford that, that I just mentioned but also in in Columbia where Old Dominion is the number mm-hmm. one seed but South Carolina is there they have the pitching to make it to Omaha and then Virginia is red hot as well in the ACC yeah. so who are a couple of those uh, regionals that that you would encourage folks to take a look at this weekend? Um, I, I personally want to see how Vanderbilt fares. Um, that's an important team, obviously, going back as the defending College World Series champs. And then you also have Tennessee. That's that's probably my main thing, being that Tennessee is on the opposite side of the bracket from Arkansas. That could easily end up being a team that they – end up facing to, to win it all. So that's really important. Also, you have Texas. Texas is a very good baseball team this year. I, I would definitely watch them. Um, those are those are probably the ones that I'm keeping my eye on this weekend. So we're, we're, we're talking about our, kind of moving into our Arkansas conversation now. You've obviously seen a lot of them this year. Yeah. But would you, if I were to give you Arkansas versus the field, would you take Arkansas or the field uh, to win it all? I'd take Arkansas. And that's not just because I cover them. It's just in general, watching this team, they've like scared me several times. Trust me. I think all of Arkansas fans can probably say that as well. Um, They just keep pulling it off though. That like, they don't win games in just one way. They're not a typical team that you would in your head put together however they always have someone step up you know it's not just like one or two guys in your lineup that are are really your main dudes you have so many options and the same goes for their pitching obviously you have Kevin Cops who's just dominant I mean the dude's insane but you have guys who you can just kind of pick in put into different positions being like, yeah, you know what? I think, I think Vermillion's going to pitch well today. Let's see how he does. You know, like they just have so many talented guys that you can place them in other, you know, you, you don't know who's going to start on a certain day. You don't know who's going to be in what hole of the lineup. It's just, they, they win all the time. And, and it's, it's because they have so much talent that they can move around any way they want. Yeah, they're 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 so versatile, and and when you think about the lineup, I mean, you, you obviously point to you know you point to 
to Slavens and Moore and Battles. You can point to those guys, but really the whole lineup, one through nine, can can beat you on yeah. any given day. But it got me to thinking about some poss some possible weaknesses to this team. And really there are none. I mean, when you when you think about you know, they are third in the NCAA in home runs. They've hit 91 home runs this year so far. And then you got Kevin Cops. Now, Arkansas call, calls 911 pretty much <laughs> every time they play because Kevin Cops has been that dominant. And yeah. the thing, and you can bring him in anytime. I mean, he's he, right. he, he leads the team in wins and saves with 10 yeah. apiece. And so you can you can bring him in at any time. But then, you know, one of the one of the weaknesses that I think you could possibly point to, even though I really don't think it <laughs> is, is is starting pitching. They yeah. have a little bit of trouble with walks sometimes. Wicklanders having some trouble uh, walking guys sometimes. But then, you know, when you talk about their lineup, I mean, they can e easily come back from any deficit. Those later innings, innings six through nine. I know mm -hmm. if you. If you were to to bet on Arkansas losing after the first like five innings, you'd be in pretty good shape. But <laughs> but if but if you take the a whole game, then when you combine cops with that lineup, that's pretty tough to beat. Yeah, and, and that just kind of goes to the point where I was saying they can beat you in multiple ways because we've seen them do it throughout the season. Yes, for a large portion of the year, they would wait until the last three innings of the game to really make moves, which <laughs> put us all on the edge of our seats. Um, you mentioned this, the starting pitching, and that was one of the situations where I think I, I personally was questioning the team because for a very long time, it's just, you, you've been taught so many times that you need to have three solid starters. You know, that's what baseball is about. You have a day, one, two, and three. Those are your main guys. And Arkansas just didn't have that this year. And so we were wondering, is this going to be a tournament type team that can actually have enough pitching to get games done, to get you into the maybe fourth, fifth inning, a solid guy that you can count on every week. And we're starting to see that definitely. I think they're def they're peaking at the right time. You've got Patrick Wicklander, who has become very reliable. You've got uh, Connor Nolan, who has really surprised a lot of people. It's like we were all pulling for him. You know, we've seen what he's capable of, and it just hasn't really been his year. And he hasn't gotten a ton of opportunities to prove it either. And so now he's getting back to his old self. And you also have guys who are just just stepping up out of the bullpen. They're, they're really showing that even though they don't have, you know, your main – one, two, and three guy, they have plenty that can fill those shoes at any given time. And that's what makes them so strong as a pitching staff. When you look at the, when you look at the left side of the bracket where Arkansas is, they're, they're paired up with the Ruston regional, pretty mm -hmm. much really anybody could win that. Yeah. We talk about NC state who's red hot. They probably would have been on the verge of hosting a regional if they would have made that top 20 list a few weeks ago and then you got Alabama who you know just narrowly made it into the field but but is is very dangerous as well but when you look at some other SEC teams on that left side of the bracket you got Ole Miss and Vanderbilt now Ole Miss they probably won't go as far now as they would have without Gunnar Hoagland but when you look right. at when you look at Vanderbilt when you look at Rocker and Leiter those are the two guys that 
that can win you the first two games of a regional. And then, you know, when you get to that Sunday game, you know, they're, they're, the rest of their pitching staff hadn't been up yeah. hadn't been up to the last few years, what we've seen from them. But their mm-hmm. offense is, is raking on another level this year than they have the past few years. So their offense can really take over that game three and you know, win that regional in three games. Yeah, and I mean Vanderbilt's a great team. I, anyone who's in this tournament is, for the most part, a great team. Um, there were obviously a couple of situations where I think there were some some oddball teams thrown in there, but I understand. Um, but but yeah, Vanderbilt obviously their Kumar Rocker is just he's such a great pitcher, and I know that there was a ton of hype when Arkansas and Vanderbilt faced off. They were presumed to be the two best teams in the SEC. Um, I don't think that Rocker had his his best outing in that game, I, I don't think. But um, honestly, I don't think Vanderbilt had a great showing in that tournament, in the SEC tournament in general. However, still a, a great team. They've shown it all year. And so they are a threat for sure. Yeah, I mean, and, we're, and when we go over to the – to the right side of the bracket, when you look at some other teams that that aren't named Mississippi State, you see South Carolina there, you see LSU there in, in Palmineries last season. But Landon Marceau can easily win Game One against Gonzaga, and then who who knows what can happen after that for LSU. Yeah. And you have t- and then you have Tennessee there, who we we talked about got got shafted a little bit with their regional or Wright State and and Duke there. But when you look at the right side of the bracket. Kind of looking at at Florida, they've you know they started off the year not doing so well. But they really turned it on in the later part of the season. Yeah. Mississippi State, South Carolina, and then Tennessee. Yeah, Florida is definitely very improved from what they were. Um, I do think that Tennessee is still a good enough team to make it out of that regional. Um, so I wouldn't you know, dismiss them by any means. Um, you you kind of have to, like, I'm not even an LSU person. Like, I'm not whatsoever. At the same time, when a coach who's been there for that long decides to retire and perfect timing on his part, like right before the NCAA tournament to say, you know what, I think this is going to be my last dance. I think this is going to be my last um, season with the team it pulls at your heartstrings a little bit. And as, as long as emotion is involved in some of the decisions, like stuff like that's going to matter. So they don't have the greatest season, but they, they get into the tournament and you kind of want, you want to pull for them a little bit, not saying that I want them to win it all, but <laughs> I, you, you pull for them a little bit. So I can't help it. Yeah. But I, I it, it's really hard to, to, to go against, you know, what, the tra- tradition and, and all the things at LSU when you talk yeah. about Paul Maneri and everything he does for the, everything he did for that program. Like it's, it's, it's kind of hard like debating between like Georgia and LSU I and, mean, you know, Georgia yeah. deserved, deserved to get in more, but it's like you said, when you add that emotional feel to it, because yeah. the people, the people that are deciding who gets in, I mean, this isn't yeah. computers that we're talking about. I mean, these are, these are humans. Right. And, and they're sitting there going, Oh man, he just announced that he's going to retire. Oh, what if we just end this season? 
Like, you know, that that's not how that works. No one wants to be those people that did that. So, um, you know, c- congratulations to LSU for, for getting in. I hope they have a, a pretty solid run in, in the tournament. One of the kind of looking beyond uh, this weekend, we've talked about the super regionals. A couple of the, there's a good many exciting, you know, possible super regional matchups, but Texas and Florida comes to mind, Mississippi State and Notre Dame, and TCU and possibly you know, Old Dominion or South Carolina, Tennessee and, and Oregon. The, who, who are some of the super regional matchups on that right side of the bracket? That, that intrigue you the most? Because for me, I think it's probably Texas and Florida. That's what I was just about to say. I, I think that's really interesting matchup right there. And um, I mean, personally, I, I do think that Texas would probably win that. But at the same time, like that's just a good that that sounds like a fun series to watch. Yeah, it, it sure does. And I, I just want to see Ty Madden and Tommy Mason game one. That's <laughs> That's really all. That's really all I want to see. If we if we yeah. can get that, then then we'll be winning as a society. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so when you look at the left side of the bracket now, we're talking about super regionals. You talk mm-hmm. about Ar- Arkansas, and you know I don't know if Louisiana Tech's going to come out of their region or not. I'm ca- kind of leaning towards NC State in that one. Yeah. But then when you look, but then when you look at Texas Tech and possibly Stanford, Arizona, and Ole Miss. East Carolina and Vanderbilt, which ones kind of catch your eye there? Um, probably the Texas Tech matchup. I mean, I, I, Tim Tadlock has, has done a, such a great job with that program over however many years he has been there. Um, I, I don't even know. He's been there forever. So uh, that that's always interesting to me. I'm always curious to see how the Red Raiders handle things because I do think that they're a good program and – kind of a sneaky one like you you don't you don't know exactly how they're gonna they're they're gonna fare because they they're if they're not like one of the top teams you don't really expect them like I think they've kind of flown under the radar a little bit so um I I would definitely be interested to see that matchup so we're looking we're look beyond that now we're going to talk about Omaha which is another where every team wants to go right uh, when we talked about in the pre-show the SEC is possible could have seven of the eight teams yeah. in Omaha, but but I think there's probably only four or five that that right. actually have a really good chance to get there. When you look at Arkansas, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, Mississippi State would have a, a nice matchup against Notre Dame in, in a super regional. Mm-hmm. Are there, now you mentioned you mentioned five. Who who is the other team oh that you're thinking about there? And uh, you know we could get five or six teams in this thing from the yeah. SEC. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd probably say like Vanderbilt, um, maybe, maybe LSU makes it in, um, Tennessee probably for sure. It's just like, I want to say Tennessee for sure, but like we've talked about, that's a tough, a tough regional. They are still a better team though. So they should make it through, but baseball is such a, a, a fickle game, like just, you know, one, one bad pitch can, can change it all. So um, I'm, I'm not completely sold on that. Um, obviously I think Arkansas gets in though. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. They're, they're, they're going to be in Omaha and they're, they're probably going to be in the championship series. Yeah. Uh, one more. 
one way or another. But that that would be really fun. You know, we talk we we talk about a possible like all SEC College World Series championship series, seeing another another couple matchups between Arkansas and Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. It's like, would I like them to play each other again? Sure. I mean, it makes a great storyline, and and Arkansas has done well against Tennessee this year. But at the same time, like, you kind of want to see them play someone else (laughs) because Tennessee, at the end of the day, is still a great team. And Arkansas has won three out of the four. However, do I want to keep testing it? Not really. (laughs) I'd rather them play someone else. (laughs) <laughs> that's definitely true and you know when we're talking about the possibility of of the sec having seven of the eight teams mm-hmm. in omaha is, is the, as we're winding down the last thing i got for you is yeah can you, can you just describe like it's hard for me to put into words the long-standing commitment to baseball that the sec has i mean to me they're more dominant in baseball than they are in football but the, and then when you start talking about these other leagues you know, we talk about people, fans outside of the SEC. They look at it and say, "Well, well, we're we're committed to baseball." Yeah. But as but the like the Pac-12. You look at teams like Arizona, Stanford, Oregon. Yeah, they're committed to baseball, but the conference as a whole isn't quite as committed, top to bottom, as the yeah. SEC is. And then when you look at the ACC, that's probably the only even remotely comparable league from top to bottom that you can look at and say, you know, every school here has a commitment to baseball. Yeah. And I mean, I think it also just goes, it it also has to do with the fact that there's so much money behind those programs. Like you obviously have money behind football. Football is the moneymaker and pretty much every single program, every single um, conference doesn't matter. Uh, baseball though, like Arkansas just built a, a giant brand new uh, facility next to their stadium. And then you have Mississippi state that has that giant like hotel thing attached. I mean, it's just crazy. Like there's so many things that you can point at just that are right in your face that show how much revenue these teams bring in for their programs. And so obviously when you have that much, it's going to bring in new talent. It's going to make guys want to come play for your program. And so that obviously helps and that just keeps raising the bar. And that's why some of these places now have these insanely talented teams. And it's, it's been that way for a very long time. And it's just getting, these teams are just getting better and better and better because you know, obviously you can you can point at the SEC football and say this is one of the best football conferences in the country. But you're gonna have to play Alabama every freaking year. Like <laughs> I don't I don't think they want to do that. Arkansas, or not Arkansas, but the SEC as a whole, I don't think you have one baseball team that is just always dominant, you know, a team that's um you know, no one ever, ever want to, wants to play. And I think that's good for the, for the conference. You know, there, there's an even shift depending on the year. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. I mean, it's, it's great to have such a competitive conference. 
Yeah, I mean, it really is. And one of the one of the things that I think could make it even even stronger is the new, you know, NIL that we're talking about. I mean, when you when you look for when you look at kind of an example, Tennessee, Tony Vitello, he's really built that program with kids in in the state of Tennessee. But when you only have eleven point seven scholarships, it, it's kind of hard to attract a lot of those top players from from outside of your state. But when you talk talking about NIL, possibly other money-making opportunities for student-athletes, you can really start attracting more of those out-of-state kids to really build your SEC program as well. The lack of scholarships, by the way, for baseball has never made any sense to me whatsoever. I don't get it. Like, it just – the there's, there's probably, I don't know, a handful of guys that can get a full scholarship. Everyone else can't. So, um, it, it – that's just a side note. Doesn't make sense. So when you're talking about NIL, though, that obviously helps. And it's I'm not against it by any means. I'm just trying to figure out how it's going to impact team sports. For a track athlete, it's one thing. Like, yes, it's a team sport, but you are, for the most part, an individual. However, when you have like a football team or baseball team, you know, I, I just, I, I'm trying to, I don't know how the dynamic is going to shift once one player starts making a ton of money compared to the other who is not. So that'll be interesting to figure that all out. However, I do think that there's a lot of universities who are implementing great plans. Um, Arkansas is one of them. They've got an entire department that is going to help walk these athletes through what they need to do in order to make sure that they're within the guidelines, but also that to make the most out of it and to help them. And so I, I think that actually, I think it's great. Yeah, I mean, I, I do too. And there's so, so many, I think a lot of programs are really taking the initiative as to, yeah. to, because we know, we all know the NCAA is not going to do it. So, which is a completely different conversation that we could go on for probably hours about, but it's really up to these conferences, these individual schools to really get out in front of this and, and help and help the student athletes realize what kind of plans they have, what kind of options they have, because quite, I mean, when we're just being frank, the NCAA has put forward no plan. I mean, they're behind the eight ball on pretty much everything these days. It's interesting that universities and states have had to come out before the NCAA. You have uh, some some states that have approved the payment of, of athletes, and it's it's almost one of those situations where I think universities and states are saying it so that they can let everyone know they're on board with it. But it's all going to change once the NCAA actually like makes it all official. Um, it's yeah, it's just weird. I I don't understand it. I'm sure it it'll change um, eventually, and the NCAA will do something. However, I, I just don't know what that is. Um, I do think at the time, getting the universities to have people walk athletes through this is going to be extremely helpful because while they can get paid, there's still a lot of different avenues for it. And there's still a lot of restrictions for it as well. Yeah, there, there's no doubt about that. It sure is. And that, 
we, we spend probably a good, you know, we could spend probably a good day just talking about oh, yeah. all, all the all the options that right. student athletes are going to have. There's just so many wide variety of options out there for them. Right. Yeah, th- there's a ton of different avenues that they can go down for, for that. Um, but again, just reading some of I mean, the thing is like several pages long about what they can and can't do. And just trying to dive through that, there's so many, there's still so many things they can't do. Um, And it's just, it's, you need someone there to make sure that you're not breaking that part of that rule. So the universities are probably doing it. I think they're doing a great job. Yeah, I man, I really do too. And another person that does a great job is you doing all the work that you do. But <laughs> tell everybody where they can find you on social media, and I really appreciate you coming back on again. And we're gonna assume we're gonna assume that Arkansas is gonna make it to Omaha, so maybe we can get you back on before Omaha to kind of preview that with you as well. That'd be great. Yeah, um, I'm mainly on Twitter. Everything else is kind of secondary. Twitter Twitter is where I live. So if you wanna. Go follow me. It's just at Tara Talmadge. Pretty simple. You can see it right there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much to Tara for coming on today. And thank you for watching and listening to Crunch Time Plays today. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. It's been another edition of Crunch Time Plays. God bless everybody.